0: Hello and welcome to CBuzz, a collaboration between the Columbus Chamber, CD1025, and the Columbus Dispatch. We bring you the best stories from Columbus business owners. I'm your host, Dan Swordout, and today we are lucky enough to be talking with J.J. Rodeheffer, co-founder, partner, and director of sales at ZipLine Logistics. J.J., thank you so much for being with us here on CBuzz. Thanks for having me, Dan. Tell us a little bit about Zipline logistics. Logistics is a field that I think not a ton of people know a whole lot about. So if you could just kind of give an overview of logistics in general and specifically what Zipline does, that would be great. Sure. Uh,
1: Zipline is a third-party logistics company. Uh So we manage transportation for shippers and manufacturers. Specifically, we do consumer packaged goods. Mm -hmm. So if you buy it in the store, we ship it. Uh, we primarily do food and beverage, and then retail. And retail can go as far as the shirt and apparel that you're wearing mm-hmm. for some of the major players here in town, um, or you know anything that you buy at Walmart, Target, Menards, so those major retailers. But you're right, logistics is kind of a, an enigma. You, yeah. know, people, I, you know, whenever I meet people and they say, what do you do, and I say, I'm in logistics. <laughs> they always kind of look at me twice. <laughs> so I oftentimes then just respond with, I'm in trucking. <laughs> And that doesn't really help clarify things much at all, but uh, yeah, logistics is the you know essentially the management of moving goods to and fro. So we help put things on shelves for you to buy it.
0: If you do not have logistics, there is no way to get goods and services from the manufacturer to the consumer. Ex- you bring it from the manufacturer to the consumer. Exactly. Fantastic. Now you've had a tremendous. Career going for you already before you got into the field of logistics? You went to Miami University. I did. Right here, the Harvard of the Midwest, <laughs> uh, by way of Findlay, Ohio, where you grew up. And then what did you do initially out of college? And what were your thoughts about what you wanted to do in college? Because I don't think a whole lot of people start in college, they're 18, 19, and say, man, I'm going into college so I can really, really do logistics.
1: Right. And it's funny, I, I didn't take. A logistics course at Miami <laughs> um, and in fact at that time they only offered uh, one class but I knew I wanted to be in sales right um, I always was under the impression that if I was in sales then I'd get to do a lot of business on the golf course <laughs> uh, that is not the case in logistics uh, those are s- uh, reserved for the weekends uh, but for me it was all about a girl I followed a girl from Miami to Chicago uh-huh. and during 2002 when I graduated we were in a, a pretty big recession and the only job opportunities out there were sales. And so I interviewed with AT&T, and then I interviewed with a company called C.H. Robinson, which yeah. is one of the largest 3PLs out there. And I took that role, and I was there for six years. Uh-huh. Uh, learned the craft and was in the sales side of things. And then uh, nine years ago, almost today, I packed a U-Haul with my partners
0: and moved to Columbus. I wanna talk a little bit about what that was like. You've got a good career going. You're in a a very exciting city, Chicago, Illinois. What was the formation of the idea to move to central Ohio and start a logistics company with you and two of your buddies? Where did that start? How did those conversations happen? And how did you lead up to that moment where you actually packed the U-Haul?
1: Ultimately, we thought there would be a better way. Uh-huh. Right? We worked for a Fortune 500 company that is publicly traded on the, you know, the, on the on the stock market, and mm-hmm. in the end, we just didn't. I didn't love what I did every night when I went home. I, I was a little unhappy every night, feeling like I was leaving my customers hanging. Right. Because the company was driven by profits, <laughs> in margins, and you know, I was on the battleground of. Delivering a lot of bad news. Ooh. And I knew that's not fun. Exactly. And at 27, I was having a ton of fun, (laughs) but not on the work front. So we knew there was a better way. Right. And so that's when we kind of hatched the plan to, you know what, let's go build a service first organization. And if margins or profits suffer, we know that we'll have the business longevity, right? Our clients don't leave us. Right. Um, And that was really the goal. Um, You know, it was an opportunity to start a business where. People were, were, were putting our customers first and profits second, and that's what's attributed to our growth. Today we're f- over fifty people, uh, so we've had a great run. There are faster growth stories out there, but I don't go home delivering bad. You know, I don't leave before. Uh, you know, I don't go home at night delivering a lot of bad news. Right. Um, you know, we we live
0: by what we do with our clients, and they love us for that, and they reward us with growth. I, I wanted to. I was gonna talk about this a little bit later, but since you just mentioned your fast growth, maybe that could put in perspective for the rest of our conversation just how successful zipline logistics is. You have been recognized as one of the fastest growing companies here in Columbus. You were recognized on the uh, 2010 Business First Columbus Fast 50 list. Landing at number 12, very, very impressive. You've been recognized on the Inc. 5000. So we're talking about, uh, you're not just a, a guy with a truck. You are a tremendously successful Huge growing business and I was going to talk about that later, but I'm glad you brought it up now because it could put a little bit of our conversation in perspective of just how successful you and your partners have been. Logistics. We've talked a little bit about it, how it kind of causes people's heads to just kind of clear out. They look at you maybe with a glazed look. What exactly about logistics was it that got you and your partners focused specifically in that segment?
1: There are customers out there and companies out there that, of course, they want a cost-effective solution. Right. But they have to deliver in a timely fashion. If you're delivering to a a big box retailer, Mm -hmm. Target, Walmart, or the likes, they have scorecards for you as a company. Really? They have metrics that you must hit if you want to sell your lamps Uh in their stores. And if you can't hit that, they find another lamp company who will. And so you can't just pick any old carrier that will deliver when they want. You have to have a partner and a provider that's committed and dedicated to service. And that was what we saw was missing. Right. We just didn't feel that there were 3PLs out there that were focused on that
0: service. 3PL. Could you break that yeah. down for the layperson? 3PL, third-party logistics. Perfect.
1: Broker is, okay. a, is a more interchangeable okay. word. Uh, but we just felt there was a need there. And uh, that's where we've really you know made our reputation with our clients. Uh, and we've kind of flocked to that CPG because that's where service is really measured. Like I said, Target won't have you in their stores as a manufacturer, even if you make the best lamp uh-huh. um, and that's where you know we really kind of defined our
0: niche and have really taken off and and seen the the growth with those types of clients. Is that kind of the bad news you had to deliver in your old career? You didn't meet these metrics. You are out. Massimo made the decision. You're no longer at Target. Right. A lot of those. Hey, I. I won't be there today, like I told you and promised you. Oh. I'll be there tomorrow. Ooh!
1: But ten times a day, and that's where you know, three p.m. to four p.m. was the worst part of the day, and you'd go home just unhappy. And it helped my working out, right? <laughs> I, 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 I worked out like a bad man back then. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 hasn't, it hasn't helped
0: today. Uh, <laughs> you had a lot to have aggression to get out at the time. Yeah. That is, I, I know too. Having a little bit of familiarity with logistics, there is nothing. Nothing that could get a client or customer hotter, more upset than a different delivery date than what was promised by.
1: And, you know, the goal is to manage that with the client. Right. right? So to sniff out those issues beforehand. Right. Don't overcommit. Right. A lot of people in sales in our industry just say yes. Uh-huh. right? They're motivated by commission. They're motivated by margin. So they say yes to everything. And then they try to figure it out on the back end. And I think one of the reasons that our growth has been has been measured, uh, yet successful, is because we don't overcommit. Uh-huh. We know what we can do. We know what we're good at. We tell clients that up front.
0: And they reward
1: us with that candor and that honesty.
0: You made the trip from Chicago when you started Zipline Logistics to here in Central Ohio. What made you, because from Chicago to Central Ohio, you could have gone anywhere in the country or stayed in Chicago, what was it about Columbus that led you and your original founding partners to come to Central Ohio as the home base for Zipline Logistics?
1: Well, first and foremost, we are all from Ohio. Yes. I'm from Finley, which uh, if you know me at all, you will know that there's always a seven degrees of separation for Finley. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but my partners are from Cincinnati and Akron. Okay, perfect. And we really felt that Columbus was not only kind of the the, the middle middle ground but a great city. Sure. Uh, you know, you mentioned, you know, you asked me where I live before we started and I'm still in the same place that I I lived 9 years ago when I moved here in the short north. Same place same, since 2007? Same place. Wow. And what a different neighborhood oh, that yeah. is today. Tremendous. And it's a big change and a big evolution. But the city, too, the city's just been very business friendly, specifically around logistics. You know, the statistics, I believe, like one in five jobs in, in Columbus are logistics related. Really? Yeah, the Rickenbacker Airport and Freight Hub, um, you know, down on the south end of town has been explosive. And uh, the community here from the CRLC, which is the Columbus Region Logistics Council, to the CSCMP, which is the Council for Supply Chain Management Professionals, it's supported so well by a lot of the major players here. Big Lots, Habit yeah. Labs, yeah. uh, Limited Brands, of yeah. course. Uh, and then you see companies like Rogue Fitness, who 10 years ago was one guy. And right. Today, they're building you know, an entire city block for distribution, and wow. they're a client of ours. We've been lucky enough to work alongside of them and their growth, but those are the types of things that we saw. When we were 27, and we've been a part of, and it's been really exciting. But, you know, the evolution of this city in these last 10 years has been pretty amazing. We were really happy to be a part of it and excited we took the chance on Columbus because it's certainly panned
0: out. I love it here. Absolutely it's panned out. I mean, you've been recognized both locally and nationally as a tremendously fast-growing, very, very successful business. Those first few weeks, months in June – of 2007, when you guys made the trip here to Columbus to start Zipline Logistics. JJ, tell me a little bit what that was like, going from the known to the unknown, the, you know, just being at the ground floor of building something that has turned out to be so big and successful. What were those few, you know, weeks leading up to the move to Columbus like, and what were those few months after starting Zipline Logistics, what were those like?
1: So we we rented a uh, office space that was twenty four hundred square feet. Wow, for three of us, <laughs> you guys had a lot of room to operate. That was a mistake, right? We uh, <laughs> you know we learned early. We, we thought we were going to build an entire organization overnight, uh-huh. and uh, we were there for an entire year, just the three of us. Um, and then we moved to a smaller office in German Village, um, and then to another office in Grandview, and t- uh, to where we are today, which is a space that's available for. Probably 100 people, so we're there for a long term. (laughs) But I assure you it was a big change, right? Because I worked in an office with 600 people. Uh It was essentially like a trading floor, right? A lot of yelling, a lot of standing up, and a lot of brokering, per se. Um, Going into an office with just the three of us, you know, making it happen. But I remember our first shipment vividly, right? I remember the client. I remember the margin. I remember the carrier. I remember that they made it on time. Um, So, you know, I,
0: I don't forget where we came from. That is most certain. How did you go about acquiring that first client, because you're a brand new, you're a brand new business, and this is going to be true for any entrepreneur, unless you somehow go from some uh, business where you already might have a book of business to going out on your own. When you're starting basically from scratch, how do you go about obtaining that first client? What was that like? And what was it like, the feeling, when you closed the deal? So it it was a food and beverage
1: company, Uh so still to where we are today, which is really cool. Still a client? Still a client. Ah, phenomenal. Still a client, and um, still the same lane or, you know, same city to city that we still move today. Yeah. Um, It went into a Kroger, Uh so we were immediately nuanced into managing that big box uh, retail vertical. But um, we kind of used the term sell the dream. Right. We were really selling ourselves uh-huh. you know, more than the company because there wasn't much of a company. You're you're selling yourselves and selling the belief that, you know, I've got six years experience. I when I the promise I make to you we're going to keep. Right. We're going to uphold. Right, And that's what we did. And we still do it today. We have a little bit larger of an organization behind us, most certainly, uh, a recognizable name, a lot of statistics and KPIs to talk about. What's KPI? Uh, key performance indicator. Perfect. So how companies measure themselves. Sure, sure. Um, so those are the things, though, that you know, I still do today when I sit down with a client. Um, you know, I talk about my expertise, but I'm able to back it up with, Zip line in the
0: name more than just a dream more than just a dream right. who made the initial shipment because if it was just the three of you I mean how did how did the shipment get from point A to point B uh,
1: the best part about this is my business partner Andrew Lynch who's also the president of our company and was right around the corner from here ironically uh, he he when he set up his move from all of his goods from Chicago to Columbus He said, hey, guys, if you want in on this mover, feel free, but I'm going to be at a wedding, so I'm not going to be there. Uh At that wedding in Key West, ironically, he met the president of a trucking company. No kidding. And that trucking company, in turn, moved our first load from Mm. Chicago to
0: Riverside, California. Just as a by way of a chance meeting at a wedding in Key West. Two days before. (laughs) Unbelievable story. That is, uh, it's almost as if it was preordained that Zipline would be successful. (laughs) You talk a little bit, a little earlier on about margins. And I know that especially in the logistics industry, margins can be thin. Absolutely. So whenever there is a mistake that has to be made up, you're losing a lot of money. What were some of those initial times where you maybe had to deal with how thin the margin can be and some of the things you did as a company to deal with that and move forward from that? Because I'm sure every company has mistakes that they have along the way that they learn from and that hopefully other entrepreneurs can learn from as well. You know, we live by the golden rule of putting the customer first. Right.
1: When we make that commitment, that's what's going to happen. Right. No matter what we have to do. Of course, issues arise but we always make them right. Um, When it comes to a specific client, you know, if we have to go to them after the fact and say, hey, this is what happened, this is where the position we put ourselves in, the rate's the same, next time we may need to do that. We've been fortunate enough to identify clients that they want to be a partner with us too. Right. They know it's a two-way
0: street. Absolutely. And if
1: they don't, then they're not a partner for us. And sure. that's okay. Right. Not everyone needs to be a client for Zipline. Absolutely. Uh, but that's who we're trying to align ourselves with. Uh, but today is, you know, Friday the 27th, before a three-day holiday weekend. Right. We do a lot of food and beverage. Yeah. We are
0: very busy today. I imagine. And Thank you so much for taking oh, oh, time oh, out of that to be oh, here with us. Well, uh, We're my, recording Memorial Day weekend, the Friday before Memorial Day.
1: We've got a very strong operations group to manage all of that. I'm just the sales guy, you know, meeting with the clients face-to-face. <laughs> but I assure you, we have loads that we are definitely losing money on. But. These are relationships that we want to uphold and support. Absolutely. We've made that commitment. And I don't want to say it's old hat, Dan. It's not. But it's part of the day. Right. It just is part of the business and the relationship that we have. We're going to move the goods, and they're going to deliver on on Monday, which is a holiday, to ensure that they're there for when you want to buy ketchup or barbecue sauce for your barbecue (laughs) on Monday afternoon.
0: You know I do. Absolutely. JJ, that's one of the cool things I like about logistics, because it is a kind of a small margin, very high-volume business. When you started realizing that your growth – was going to be as big as it was going to become. That you were gonna become such a successful big player in this space. You had to go, like you said, from an office of three people to an office that can fit 100 people. What was that initial process like when you're realizing, hey, this is really successful, and hey, we're gonna really have to expand and start hiring some talented people if we want to experience the growth that we want. So I attribute that all to the people that we have. Yeah. Uh, When you look at the
1: numbers, uh, we have a 50% referral rate in our organization. Wow. Meaning 50% of the people that work for Zipline have been referred to us by other people that
0: work there. Wow. It's unheard of. That's incredible.
1: Um, The talent that we've been able to withhold over all these years is incredible. We have guys that started... (laughs) Uh, when they were 22 years old, fresh out of Ohio State or OU or yeah. Bowling Green, yeah. that are still with us today, with regional manager titles, and are managing four to five people underneath of them, uh, and these guys have helped drive our business. Um, we hired a class of, of of three women five years ago, all leaders in our organization today. Right. Uh, it's by far my biggest. I think the biggest success as an owner of the business, um, you know, I'm still out there. You know, I'm on the floor. I don't have a private office. I sit right in the middle with my entire team and I help manage the day-to-day. My role is certainly more directed towards outward facing with clients, but the people
0: are what drive our business. Wow. I want to go back to the initial stages because you talk about being in sales And I can tell just from sitting here that you are very, very effective at that. In fact, I want to start a company so I can just have you start shipping things for me. (laughs) But I imagine when you had your original three partners, you being in sales, what was it like partnering up with people and how did you guys originally divvy up some of those initial responsibilities like you were in sales and then your other partners were doing yep great so um one of our partners was strictly
1: in the carrier side of things so i would go get the customer in the shipment and he would manage all of the carrier relationships and then our third partner managed kind of a little bit of both, right? He, he did some accounting, some operations, uh-huh. some sales. And today, he still does that exact same role where he, really? he heads up our IT, but he also manages one of our largest customer relationships. He manages our largest team. Um, and so,
0: you know, we're still in similar roles that we were in once we started. Do you think that would be something for potential entrepreneurs to look at as they are starting a business and maybe talking to friends, talking to associates about starting a business, taking people who have strengths in different areas so that they can work together to complement each other? I imagine it would have been more difficult if it was you and two other sales guys at the very beginning.
1: Outsourcing things that you're not strong have really taken us to the next level. Yeah, You know... um, We hired a marketing director Uh in January. The the leaps and bounds that we've grown in five months just on the marketing front because of Bethany Kramer, it's unbelievable. I can't believe we didn't do it so long ago. (laughs) And and it almost holds you back. But you you think, well, this is a cost center. This isn't going to pay for itself. She works full time on our marketing. Yeah. She has projects going into July and August. These are things that we were trying to do on our own. Right. Along with everything else that we're doing, uh, that's where we're starting to really see kind of development from that startup to the, the, the next next level of the organization that we're headed to. So it's funny, as a company who sells themselves, uh-huh. as a outsourced logistics company, where, yeah. hey, so-and-so company, what do you know about logistics? Let us manage it for you. Yet here we were trying to manage the marketing. <laughs> and so pretty funny. We got a little taste of our own medicine. But what we're seeing in these last couple of years with that has been very impactful to our business. And on the same front, letting people within our organization who we hired for one role to also open up and start another role you know, while doing both at the same time. And that's been very
0: rewarding both for them and for us you talked a little bit about your employee referrals and your employee retention. Obviously, at Zipline Logistics, you have created a corporate culture that uh, people want to work for, people want to be a part of, and for any entrepreneur who wants to see their business grow on any scale you're gonna have to create some sort of corporate culture how have you done that and what have you been really looking for to create the environment at zipline that makes people want to be productive makes people want to stay at zipline and and, and actually has other zipline employees as some of your biggest advocates for other folks wanting to work at zipline
1: all of our hiring is based around the person. Yeah. Right? We are rarely going out and looking for a specific, you know, a specific person to run something. We want good people. Sure. Right? People who maybe worked through college uh, or who are really driven to succeed and want autonomy and ownership. And when we do that, that's when we're most successful. So we find people that we know will be successful. I don't care if they have a logistics background at all. Mm-hmm. We can train that. We're logistics experts, but what we want are good people, and that has proven
0: extremely successful for us. Have there been any companies that you have looked to and admired their corporate culture and maybe wanted to institute something similar at Zipline? I mean, there had to have been some sort of brainstorming session, maybe, at some point where you're like, this is the kind of environment we want to create, and this is how we do it.
1: You know, there's certainly a lot of companies that we admire, sure. uh, both in and out of the industry, um, but ultimately, for us, it kind of goes back to that golden rule—not only with customer service, but with people. Right? If, if you give people the opportunity, they tend to take it and run, and that's where we've seen the most success with that. Um, you know, regards to specifics, you know, there are a lot of people that I follow. I mean, even Jeff Bezos from Amazon sure. he's very, very sought after. I mean, he's building a behemoth right now, and oh, yeah. having obviously a lot of success on a lot of fronts. Uh, but that's someone that I certainly admire in the business world. Um, but even Rogue Fitness, right, another company that here locally that has just seen massive growth. Um, I know a couple weeks ago you had Cover My Meds out here. Yeah. Um, what an explosive growth company that is. Unreal. Um, Unreal. And, you know, his brother with Orange Barrel Media. Yeah. You know, these are companies I certainly admire
0: and follow locally. Columbus has been a really, really great place to start a business. And I think anyone who's listened to just a few episodes of Buzz can see that. How have you tried to ingratiate Zipline into that Columbus community to not only you know improve your business but just foster the environment around here as a whole?
1: When we first opened our doors, you know we were three of us, and by year two, we had gotten to four of us you know? uh. <laughs> And I remember joining the Chamber of Commerce yeah. I can still remember the meeting at our. Picnic table, which was our lunchroom table, and uh, you know signing up for that, yeah, and going to our first meeting for the CRLC, which I mentioned previously, which is a small division of the uh, of the chamber, right? And I'm in a meeting with the director of transportation for McGraw Hill. Uh huh. Habit Labs. Wow. Right. These major organizations. Uh, and you're ma- still only a four-person unit at the time. They have no idea who we are. Right. I'm 28 years old. These yeah. are tenured, 20, 30 year veterans. Some of the giants of the, the industry. Giants. And they just welcomed us, uh, welcomed us with open arms. Really? And I'm we still are in that organization. I've actually now joined the or been asked to join the, the board of directors for the Columbus Chamber of Congratulations. Commerce. Congratulations. Uh, which has been very rewarding in these first uh, these first few months of, of 2016. Um, so the fostering that everyone does in the logistics community here has been magnificent. Um, you know, I have a great success story with, with limited brands. Uh-huh. Um, two years ago, limited Brands said, ah, we don't really like third parties. we like to work directly with the trucking companies. They gave us a shot. It's been uber successful for us. And we kind of fill the holes where, you know, their trucking companies may need a little help end of the month, like a day like today. And after a year, their director of North American transportation said, pulled me aside and said, "JJ, I never thought there was a role for a company like yours in our organization, and you proved us wrong." Wow! And to share that with note, with with, a, with such a gigantic business, ten billion dollar organization, oh, man. And to take that and share that with right. not only you know my right hand man who manages the day to day and the couple people that operate underneath him, but our entire carrier sales group who make it move, who make the shipments move, and who vet the carriers. I mean, what an exciting day for us to report back to. And those are the little things that continue to push and continue to excite you
0: to go in front of the next one. Right. I I am so impressed and interested and excited by your excitement for your business. It's been nine years and you're talking about your business with such excitement and such enthusiasm. You clearly love what you do. You clearly love Zipline and what it has created. Have there ever been times where you had doubts early on and if you ever did, how did you overcome them and how would you tell other entrepreneurs who might be in a similar spot to overcome them? Because you You have, right now, you're talking about your business like it is brand new, like it is this dream, even though it's a reality, but you're still talking about it with that same passion. I remember vividly uh, in 2008 when the
1: economy just fell out of the bottom.
0: Right after you started. Right
1: after we started, we were a year in. We had been making money every month. Uh We never had a a month in the red, which we were very proud of. Absolutely. And when we went for finance, we were a self-funded company, and we went for financing, the bank said, looks great, we're not interested. And I didn't know anything about banking or finance on that front. But to me, it's like, hey, we're making money we're doing great, right. we're having great success, Right? how do you not want to be involved with that? And it all had to do with just what was going on in the lending scene. And so, you know, we started our business at about the most inopportune <laughs> time you possibly could in transportation. Sure. And we weathered that storm. And, you know, that's a testament to, you know, who we were at that age. You know, we maybe didn't know any better. Right. Uh, you know, if we did that today, who knows how we would react it. But, you know, kind of ignorance was bliss for us at that time. You know, we were still late 20-somethings. Uh, but that was by far the biggest challenge. And, um, you know, today, you know, we have wonderful financing and are continuing
0: to grow. And, you know, the, the world is our oyster. We're, we're looking to continue to push it and grow. So you pushed through that, uh, that rough patch and have exper- experienced tremendous success since then. Obviously, lots of entrepreneurs can look to you and Zipline as a great role model for what you can accomplish stuff that you haven't already talked about what kind of advice would you give to other entrepreneurs or would-be entrepreneurs that we haven't already covered because one of the things i'm enjoying so much about this episode again is your enthusiasm for what you are doing that this is truly a passion for you and and I I really would love for that kind of passion to translate out to our listeners. So some advice that maybe we haven't talked about as, uh, as of yet, what would you share to those would be entrepreneurs? If you believe in yourself or your product,
1: take the leap. Yeah. Yeah. Take the leap. It gets very rewarding and you know, a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication, um, you know, a lot of sleepless nights, most certainly, but take the leap and take that chance and if you fail, you have the opportunity to start up and do it all over again. Right, you know, pull your bootstraps up and, and and give it a go. You know, you hear the amazing stories with uh, you know Bill Gates or or whatever it may be. You know, you've had three or four businesses fail before the next one worked. Right, and, right. You know, my advice is if you believe in it, take the leap because it'll probably work if you have that passion
0: and that belief in what you're doing. People talk a lot about risk and being risk averse. There's always going to be a risk if you're doing an entrepreneurial thing, you're taking that risk. And, and I I've, one of the things I sense about Columbus is the idea of taking risks is becoming more acceptable, more pushing that idea, that notion, take that risk, take that leap. And I think that's really spreading throughout Columbus. And uh, when you have a business like Zipline, where you took that risk, three guys, three buddies that moved six hours away to start a business in the unknown, to see where you've come. It's just a tremendous, tremendous thing for our community, for the business community, and for people all across the country to to really learn about. So what do we have next for Zipline Logistics? What's down the road? Where do you see you guys going from here? You've already, all the accolades, all the um, you know the attention, all the success. Obviously, you're still moving forward and you want to go somewhere. So where is it that you want to go next? You know, we would love to be the number one sought after
1: provider in the CPG industry, consumer package goods. Yeah, we want more retailers, yeah. like limited brands yeah. to come on board, and we want more food and beverage companies to say, you know, "These guys do have it figured out, and they they are a partner." Uh, you know, oftentimes people say that right? partnership. I feel like it's, loo- it's it's used a little loosely. Yeah. You know, do people really believe in it? Uh, you know, I think an interesting fact about us is we don't have a customer under contract. Really? We don't have one customer that says, you are now gonna handle this through 2018. It's all on a handshake. So we're only as good as our last shipment. We're only as good as our last problem that we've solved. That's gotta always keep you on your toes. And it has to be that way. Because there's always someone that can come in and say they can do it cheaper. But can anyone ever do it better? You know, are you a real partner for your customer? And that's what we're trying to emanate to our all the way down from you know our organization to our clients, to the market, you know, out to the marketing world as well.
0: JJ Rodehafer Zipline Logistics, thank you so much for joining us uh here today on CBuzz. It has been a tremendous conversation. I've taken away a lot from it, some tremendous insights. I'm sure that our listeners took away a lot from it as well. So thank you so much for taking the time and joining us here today on CBuzz. Thank you very much, Dan. And thank you, our listeners, for listening to CBuzz. If you enjoy our show, please make sure you drop us a rating or review on iTunes. It means so much for us to hear from you. We really would love to hear your feedback. Signing off for Buzz, I am your host, Dan Swartout. Again, I have been joined today by J.J. Rodeheffer, ZipLine Logistics. Thank you again, Buzz, a collaboration between the Columbus Chamber, CD1025, and the Columbus Dispatch. C Buzz is produced by Delara Casey, engineering by Mark Pasternak from Jump Goat Media, and the recording studio provided right here by the good folks at grooveview Thank you to our partners and thank you for listening. We will catch you next time.